Here they come! Welcome to episode 102 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Derek Moore and today I'm joined by Chris Irons to discuss the ending, well it's not quite the ending, but almost the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top. Men. Hello, Chris. Hello, Eric. Are you ready to hitch a ride on a submarine with Dr. Jones today? Oh, I'm sorry. That went on by accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, that's all right. Are you ready to get on that submarine? Yes, which is still kind of impossible to do, but I am ready. <laughs> you, you've seen the deleted scene, haven't you, on the Blu-ray, where he just basically hangs onto the periscope for God knows how many hours. Yeah, but the whole point of a submarine is to go underwater. Am I right? Yeah, it goes underwater, but, you know, if if, if you go right the way down... Oh, I don't know. I, I, it, it, this wasn't wartime, was it? You know, this is before the Second World War. They had no reason to go all the way down, you know, so they could go, you know, just below the water and the captain can still use his periscope. This is true. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, Chris, you're... You're a logical choice to talk about this subject because, of course, you're uh, one of the co-hosts of Indiana Jones in character, aren't you? Yes, that is a thriving show. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep up. You release so many episodes, I just can't keep up with it. Stop it. (laughs) How long ago was the last one? Is it it more than two years? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You can come back at any time. yeah, you and Dave, you can come back at any time. You know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe when uh, part four, yeah, the uh, part five comes out, maybe we'll get some new characters. Yeah, I think that'll be about the time you're ready to do it again, is when the next one that they haven't made yet comes out, eh? Right, right. Now, of course, you know, you're a co-host of Indiana Jones in character, um, but I don't think I know from you, where does Raise the Lost Ark um, fit is this your second favorite after Last Crusade? <laughs> I no, I think I think Raiders is my favorite. It's it's neck and neck. It's like it's like a uh, Raiders and Last Crusade are the two best ones, but Raiders is the is the original, I guess, and that's why I love this one more. I think you're part British because when I've been reading about you know the Indiana Jones films and listening to podcasts about it, it tends to be that the American fans like Last Crusade most and the British fans tend to like Raiders of the Lost Ark most. So I think you're, you're, you're part British there, Chris. I, I will take it. It's, I'm in good company. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, all right. Okay. Well, let's get going then. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. I've, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment and I'm trying to fight it right now and I'll, I'll try and hold it together. Oh. No worries. All right, so let let let's get started. Uh, yeah, the end of the film. Um, they've just arrived on the island. We've just had Belloc with that fly in his mouth on the way to this uh, this area where they're going to open it, aren't they? I well, I remember when I met when I met what is, is his name 
Paul Freeman. Is that the guy's name? Paul Freeman. I remember yeah. when I when yeah. I got his autograph a couple years ago, and I I asked him. I had to ask him. I said, "Did you eat that fly?" And he keeps on telling me he always hears about it, but he just thinks it landed on the thing and how it was filmed. It looked like I ate it, but it was just 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 took off, or it was like a next little clip attached to it. He said, "I ate no fly." <laughs> What you should have done, you missed the trick there, you should have gone to a joke shop and got one of those plastic toy flies and asked him to put it on his lip for the photo. <laughs> I should have done that. You've got to go back yes, and find him and do I'm that. Doing it. Yes. All right. Now, I've seen lots of people say, you know, that uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, Indiana Jones is the real bad guy because if he had let the uh, Nazis have the Ark, it would have been taken back to Germany and in. Hitler's presence and the upper echelon of the Nazi party, it would have been opened and you wouldn't have had a second world war because that'd all be wiped out. Have you I heard have, that theory? and it makes total sense that <coughs> we would have never had one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> yes, there is that. It does make total sense apart from what we're just about to talk here because, you know, Belloc does say to Dietrich, when Dietrich says about I'm uncomfortable about this Jewish ritual, um, that's the reason they've stopped at the island. Belloc says, well, do you want to open it, you know, in the presence of the Fuhrer and there's nothing in it? Belloc, whether Indiana Jones was there or not, Belloc would have stopped at that island and he would have opened the Ark just yeah. now, just like this. You know, he, he, even if, you know, he, um, they had killed Indiana Jones on the, on the, 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 the Bantu princess ship or whatever, they would still have opened the Ark on this island. So that, that doesn't make any sense, does it? I hello. Okay. Well, I'm still here. Chris. I, I think everything here. you're saying, like he he was just curious. He just wanted to see, you know, he wanted to see it first. I guess he wanted to see, you know, what was inside yeah. and and everything before, you know, he he gave it to Hitler and all, you know. Yeah, because he is an architect. I mean, he does say in the film, doesn't he? He says um, to Indiana Jones, you know, I'm 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 the flip side of you. You know, they're both archaeologists, but he's willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, get, you know the uh the uh the prize he right. just wants to open it he's not doing it because he he's a nazi or he's with the nazis he's just got the opportunity given to him by the nazis to go after this thing he's just curious he wants to you know first come first serve he wants to see what's it all about yeah all right so our sequence starts they've all set it up you know um belloc's done that ritual for the opening in indiana jones and marion they're tied to that stake on that little hillock, and we've got all those troops standing around to watch. Um, and I like Paul Freeman. I, I love Paul Freeman in this role. And, you know, when he gives the nod to the troops to open the ark, he looks so nervous because he doesn't know what's going to be in there, does he? No, he's... I think he's nervous and he's he's scared. I think he's really scared because he doesn't know what the outcome's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And as he does that, all the troops there, they move forward as one. Now... I don't know about you, but it's such a cliche Spielberg thing now. After all the films that he's made since Raiders of Lost Ark, he did it in Close Encounters of the Fir a Third Kind as well. He's done it in virtually all his films, where you have this group of people and they slowly move towards the camera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and it, and do you know why he does it? Because it works. It works every time. It does work. <laughs> but I, I've seen it so many times. Every time I see a Spielberg film and he does that, it's like, oh, there it is again. Yeah. Well, that's you can tell when that happens or when there's a shooting star in the background, you know it's a Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Well, the, yes, the lid of the Ark is opened. 
it's lifted off and you've got Deertrick, Belloc and Tot. They're all looking in. And Deertrick reaches in and he pulls out. It's just a handful of sand. Yeah. And Deertrick uh, wanders off disgusted and Tot starts to giggle, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. With one of the most evilest giggles in movie history. He has this weird girly kind of giggle coming from, like, you know, yeah, a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how well you know Ronald Lacey, the actor, but, you know, over here in the UK, yeah, he has a huge catalogue of playing creepy guys. Oh, um, okay. He was never a leading man. He was never a hero. Even when he was a good guy, he was a creepy guy. You know, So, so this is, this is um, you know, this is classic Ronald Lacey. He, he, I can see him never playing a leading man, but he always is that, that creepy guy in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you know that he was actually going to um, give up the acting career? He was quite successful, but when Spielberg you know, hired him for this, he was, he was just about to quit and start, start up like a, a casting agency or something. And you know, it was the, uh, the success of Raiders Lost Ark that actually gave him you know, the shot in the arm and got him all enthusiastic again for acting, because he was just about to quit. I I had no idea. I I couldn't even tell you anything this guy's in. Like I, I don't think I've seen anything he was in besides besides Raiders. And it's a good thing that Stephen got him when back comes, on. You know. Yeah. When when this episode comes out on Facebook, I'll put up lots of uh, images of you know Ronald Lacey in various uh, TV shows and films. And yeah, each one of them, you look at him and you go, creepy guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Now the generator starts to arc, and uh, and and the lamps blow, don't they? And yes. then we get that pulsing sound, don't we? We get that pulsing sound. Which, when I when I heard it this morning and I watched the scene again, obviously, and I don't know why, but I thought of Jaws kind of it had had a really weird, creepy, something's coming kind of theme to it. It's that bass line, isn't it? It's it's very bassy, very very bassy. Um, this uh, Raiders Lost Ark is one of the first films I ever showed when I was a projectionist. Okay, um, and 
we had it when when I showed it. It was in our smallest screen at the cinema I was in, which was only like ninety seats. It's a tiny little screen. It was, and it was in mono. Okay. Okay. Wow. But I I still went in and uh, and watched this scene. I, I watched the. Uh, I watched every show that I ever showed of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I watched the opening sequence and I watched the end sequence and the bit with the fight around the okay. plane, right? And and I can remember just then, you know, in 81, just being just amazed by this bassy pulsing noise because it, it, it is fantastic. And as you say, it's menacing, isn't it? it, it it's creepy and it's menacing. It, it, it really, it really, it's... It... It haunts you. It's like when you and if you're watching it, you know nowadays we have those big TVs and big speakers and whatnot. Like your your room's shaking and your room's vibrating and stuff's moving on your counters because it's so loud. I'm just the same as you. Uh, this morning I I put it on on Blu-ray for one final look before we started talking and yeah I put it through the amplifier that you know the home cinema amplifier cranked the sound up <laughs> yeah. and you know all the things on on the shelves are shaking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if we had pictures on the wall they would they that they would fall off. Yeah, oh man, man, you're in no <laughs> doubt that something bad's just about to happen. This isn't going to be a joyous moment, is it? No, something's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, and and they look into the ark, and you've got like these flashes of light in the ark, and and out starts the mist, uh, starts coming out, and the troops back away, and um, Indy says to Marion, "Don't look at it," doesn't he? Do you know why yeah, he says, don't, "Don't look at it"? I I don't like like I would think he would be like um like Bella. He's like curious to see what's going on, but what does he know? Like what does he know not to look at look at the light and what's coming out of it? He does know not to look at the light because there is another deleted scene. And I don't think this is on the Blu-ray, but you know when uh, um, he goes to see the old guy in Cairo who deciphers the uh, the, the head stuff to the, you, you, you know. Yeah. Um, and he says about, you know, uh, the measurements and everything. There is another bit of that conversation that they trimmed out, which was he warns Indy. He says, don't look at the light of the ark. What, he says, don't look, don't look at it? Yeah, don't look at it. Don't look at the light. And also, you know, at the beginning when, you know, you've got old uh, Porkins and the other guy um, go and see Indy. Uh, um, they, uh, Indy opens up the Bible, doesn't he? And you've got that drawing yes. of, you know, these rays of light coming out of the ark. So I guess Indy also knows that, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's a warning in the Bible right there. I, I guess so. But then, you know, I would think Marion would kind of be curious. Like, like, like I, I give it to them both. Both of them didn't see what the hell happened. Like no one, they don't know what happened at all. Do Do you think um, what happened to the troops would have happened to them as well? Do you think they would have been, you all know, right, just blasted I, as well? I want to say no because I, I don't know if I'm jump the gun, but when those ghosts come out, whatever's inside that arc, that arc, and they're they're flying around all of, all the all the soldiers and the Nazis. You see them like picking up people and going through people. I always thought this is just just me. I always thought that whatever's in that ark knows this is a, knows who's evil and who's at, at wrong and who's bad and who's good and innocent and they can tell the people apart. That's how I always thought. Yeah, that's how I thought it because you've got the thing in that in that tramp steamer, haven't you, where you've got the crate with the ark in it and the the Nazi sign is is burnt off, isn't it? Yes. 
Yes. All right. So, um, yeah, as you say, these ghosts come out, these spectres come out and and start flying around and between people in all these willowy gowns that they've got. Uh, but at this point, we don't see their no, faces. You do just we? see like little, little blur. It reminds me kind of like, like of like the um, Ghostbusters special effects sometimes. How it's just flying mm. around, you know, just white lights going by you. Yeah, yeah. The thing that bugged me, you know, back in 81 when I saw this, and um, it's bugged me ever since, every time I watch it, is just before Belloc says, it's beautiful, right, you get one of the figures come straight towards the camera. That's the first time you ever see the face of one of these uh, spectres, and it's a a beautiful woman, okay? But when she does that, if you watch that, you can see there's a pole. There's a black pole sticking out the side of her. And they never cleaned that up. They never eliminated that for the Blu-ray, did they? I never... I didn't even notice that. What, like, what's the pole? Is she on the pole? Like, is she, like... Is that holding her up or something, or just there? I guess it must be. We'll talk more about this in uh, Behind the Scenes. But, yeah, the... The, the spectre that comes towards the camera, that's a real person. All the others aren't. They're, 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 they're miniatures. We'll okay. talk about that soon. But, yeah, the one that comes towards the camera is a real person. So I don't know if it's like part of a harness that she was on or something, and, and it just got in the way of the background. But, yeah, you definitely okay, do I, see I'll, it. I'll watch it again after this. <laughs> yeah, have a look. and Yeah, watch it and look out for the big black pole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then her face changes, doesn't it? Yes. It becomes this horrific face, and, and and you get almost a snarl on the soundtrack. And that's when Tot screams, because Tot is looking quite inquisitive at this point. But as soon as that face changes, he starts screaming. And I love the music here. John Williams ramps it right up now, doesn't he? Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's right there. And you're it's a part of me, if I saw that, if I saw something like that, I would run. Like part of me thinks, why isn't nobody mm. moving and running out of there? He just he's he's screaming, and then until he runs out of breath, and he goes back into his screaming. And the other guy has this weird upside down frown yell. <laughs> just get out yeah. of there! Run. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is at the point when the lightning comes out, doesn't it? And then shoots towards yeah. the troops. And yeah, uh, which I think that, is, a, is a great what is I like, a great effect. It is a great effect. I'll explain how it's done in a minute, but. What I like about this is if you look at the three guys up on that podium, you know, Dietrich, Belloc and Tot, their faces, okay, the way the actors are, you know, the the faces that they're pulling are exactly the faces that their dummy heads have got, okay? Right. Yeah. And I I, I love the way they match this. We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but to, to sculpt the dummy heads, what they had to do was get each actor into the studio and pull that face, pull that face that they're pulling on that podium, okay? And then they took photos of their faces, pulling those faces, because then they could go off and they can work their magic and make the dummy heads. And then they had to recreate and redo that face on the stage for this part, you see? Well, that's that's some hell of acting, because those, and you're right, those, those dummy heads and the actors' heads match... Ninety-eight percent perfectly. Well, one of them I'm not. I'm not too keen on, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. All right. But yeah, okay, the lightning okay. comes out and shoots. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the lightning comes out and it shoots the troops, doesn't it? It, it will hit one, yes. go through that person, pass to the next one, and just strike them all down. Yeah. And and how they even get impacted, like how they're how the actor, how the soldier actors are acting when they get <clears throat> impaled by the lightning. It's pretty. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. 
I like the way that Spielberg, he had it all in his head, how this scene was going to look. And, you know, on the behind the scenes documentaries, you can see him coaching the actors, the extras who were playing the troops. And he was very specific that, you know, when it happens to you, you shake as if you're electrocuted, but you stay, both feet stay on the ground. You must stay in the same spot. You're not being fired, fired backwards. You, you don't fall to the side or forwards. You've got to stay in place because then the lightning comes out of your back and then goes to the next guy. He, he knew in his head exactly how this shot was going to look once the special effects were done. And, that's, and that is why he is Steven Spielberg. He's brilliant, isn't he? he? He's got all this in his head, and I guess, you know, um, you know even, even by the time you know, he, he made Raiders, he had worked enough with special effects guys to actually be able to say to them, right, I've got this footage, now you take over, I want it to look like this. He, he could explain it, and that's why... In a Spielberg film, you know, the special effects are top-notch because you've got a top-of-his-game director knowing exactly the capabilities of technology and being able to explain it not only to the actors on the set but also to the bods in the special effects department afterwards. And that's why they work so well. And you're, you're, you're totally right. And it always makes me wonder, like, Steven Spielberg, like, when he goes to bed and he dreams, what is he dreaming about? What goes through that guy's head at night, you know? <laughs> I don't know. He must have so many ideas in his head that he just hasn't got round to doing. I know. It's it's I mean, he's you know, top three, top top five. He has to be he's in there, he's in there. Like like one when he passes away and moves on, man, we we're gonna lose a, a, a one of the biggest icons ever, you know. Yeah, but what a legacy, you know, what a legacy when he finally yes. does lose oh, yes. you know, look at that body of work, you know? Over so many decades oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely All right. right. So, One of the so, greatest. Yeah, so, so here we go then. Yeah, the lightning, it, it fires, it shoots the troops. I love the one where it goes in through the lens of the movie camera and hits the operator in the face. Yeah, yes. <coughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. And that's that's it. Here, here we are. Here's the moment that uh, it's all been building up to because, you know, the screams are building, the music's building, you've still got that pulsing effect going on, and... The three heads happen, don't they? Oh yes, <laughs> yes, they do happen. <laughs> and it's a, 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 apart from a couple of things which we'll talk about. Um, it holds up bloody well, even in these days now where you can do anything in CGI. Most of this, you know, holds up now. You could do that in CGI, but it won't beat what you've got here. Well, there's there's something about Tote doing that mid scream and just all of a sudden mountain. And I think what really makes it like really cool to watch and creepy is how his glasses fall down a little bit because he's melting and his hat falls down because his head's the top of his head's melting it looks like this guy's melting yep because he is <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> yeah, i guess but, so uh, yeah I, I mean everybody likes uh, uh when top gets it that, that that's the number one isn't yeah. it you know um everybody yes. that that's their favorite but i think for 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 me uh a close second i love Deertrick. i love the way Deertrick's face just shrinks in like that yeah and it looks it looks like like his jacket got like four <laughs> sizes too big all of a sudden because his head's getting so small and tiny yeah i'll tell you what um do you remember i met the guy i met the actor who played Deertrick. i do since you just brought it up yes yeah yeah 
Do you remember? And he was incredibly rude. <laughs> you know, I was very crestfallen. You know, I went to him. I, I, I'd taken along. I, I did a copy of Indiana Jones in character that you did on Deer Trick, and I took it along right. and uh, had my photo taken with him. And he was holding it, and he couldn't have been more rude. He's like, "Oh, so you've done this thing about my character? Yes. Well, shouldn't you have asked my permission?" He's going and all like this. I remember, and then at that moment, you would you were just hoping he was going to melt right next to you. <laughs> no, I want his head to. I wanted his head to shrink in like it does in the film. <laughs> yeah. <That'd be> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the the three bad guys there that, that their heads are dealt with, and that's when you've got the flame pouring down over the dead troops. Um, did you know? I mean, up until now, everything's been practical effects. Um, did you know when you see the flames pouring down that that's actually a miniature set? I, I think yes, because I think you can see the um, difference of the other uh, shots yeah. and scenes. Yeah, you can tell it's a, it's a, it's miniature. Yeah, each of those uh, troops lying on the floor they're about like seven or eight inches, you know. Right. It's like I always thought like that that big flame was like a huge vacuum. It was just sucking up the evil. It was just you know cleaning house and making everything nice and neat again. Yeah. Yep, because it, like we were saying earlier, it goes around Indy and Marion. It doesn't. It goes around them. Yeah. Now that's screaming. I don't know if it if it's a heat thing or air pressure or what, but <coughs> they're not being hurt by the thing. And yeah, it sucks up everything evil that's in that place, doesn't it? Including a, a terrible dummy. When that dummy goes in the flames up into the sky, <laughs> I wish they had done something about that for the Blu-ray. Well, I it never really bothered me because. In my eyes, all the, all the Nazis are already dead. So a body, a dead body, not that I've seen a dead body, you know, do this, has no, like, movement. So when it is getting sucked up and flopping around, it's, it's supposed to look kind of fake. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it that. And I like the way, you know, when those flames okay. go up, the clouds move out the way for it, don't they? The clouds move out the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's making a hole. It's, 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 it's mm -hmm. opening up so it can get right up in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the arc go the arc lid goes up with it, doesn't it? And goes way up into the sky, comes back down, and then just plops oh so neatly back onto the arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a you know of all the wind and the flames and what's going on. It, it doink. It goes right back on like nothing happened. <laughs> and I love it because you know that that moment happens, and it is a real <sighs> moment, isn't it? You know, it's a it's a thing of relief, and everyone gets their breath back. You know, Indy, Marion, and the yeah. audience. That's a time to actually relax. Yeah, and then, then even the the flames or whatever burnt the um, rope that was tied, you know, Andy and Marion, like you know, and almost helped them out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what's going on. I think that's exactly what's going on here. You know, now before we leave the sequence and we go on to behind the scenes, I've got okay. a question for you because I've never seen I've never seen anybody talk about this or or it be explained. How did Indy and Marion get off the island? I didn't even think about that until this second. So you just asked me. <laughs> hmm. I'm thinking there's one or two things. Either they called on a radio for help, which I think is more than more likely than the other option, which is Indy pilots the submarine. That that would make more sense, I guess. I guess the submarine is still there. It's in it's in the ocean, you know, I guess I guess he knows yeah. how to yeah. drive a submarine. Oh, maybe there are little boats there or something and they can then, you know, they can just toodle across to Greece or Italy or something like that. Yeah. I'll, I've, I'll, I'll believe that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Alright, so here we go. Behind the scenes then. Yes, right. Uh, already said about how does Indy know not to look. 
about, and it's the headpiece to the stuff of Ra telling him. Um, at the beginning, Marcus Brody says the Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Did you know there's no such thing like that in the Bible? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Yes. This is Hollywood. This is Hollywood history, isn't it? So so often you watch a film, it's like Braveheart. You watch Braveheart and you think, oh man, William Wallace, what he went through. It's not until you actually look into the real history, you think, but that's bollocks. <laughs> None of that happened that way. Well, that's that's Hollywood for you. They always, you know, they, they put stuff in there that make the audience, you know, love it more. And yeah, it's, it's like, that's almost with every true life, real life kind of storyline, you know. Well, it's entertainment, isn't it? You know, it's entertainment. Yeah. You want to give a thrill ride, you know. And uh, nobody believes what for one minute you're watching a documentary from that time. Well, it makes me wonder, like, back when this movie came out, like, all the, the true Bible experts, if anyone complained or, or picketed the, the movie or something, you know? No, I don't think so, because if you think about it, if anything, this is a very positive thing, because it's an affirmation, isn't it? it it's actual proof that God exists and everything in the Bible is real. So uh, if, if you're a Christian, you're going to go along with this. I can see that. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. I'm 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 still very surprised, you know, looking at this scene uh today for this show, you know, when this came out in the UK, it was only a, a an A certificate which is now a PG. So, you know, tiny little kids can see this, you know, all by themselves. <coughs> well, isn't it wasn't it Temple of Doom that that created the PG-13 rating? Yeah, yeah, over here it, it's a uh, a 12 over here. Oh, I never knew that. PG-12. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Industrial Light and Magic did the special effects, uh, headed by Richard Edland. Um, if we talk about the troopers first, the troopers that are going to get the, uh, the lightning bolts through them, that was as simple as each one of those troopers had a light bulb attached to their chests on a pole and then a light bulb on their back. Did you know that? I actually, I don't know when I saw this, but I saw, I guess, I just watched behind the scenes when I got the Blu-rays. I, me I remember seeing that, and, and and it's like, duh, it looks so, it's so obvious, but it looks so great on screen. It looked, before you put the optical effects on, it looks kind of silly, because you've got a pole yeah. coming out your chest with a light bulb on it, and then you've got a light bulb on your back. And, of course, the reason for this was they could actually be switched on in sequence, and once they had filmed that... You know, the special effects boys, they could put in optically the lightning effects and they just covered up the light bulbs and the pole then. Right, right. <coughs> so I'm going to do a massive cough. Hang on a minute. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll try and edit that out. Yeah. Um, the guy that, uh, do you remember, one of the troopers, he gets shot in the face and his eyes light up with the lightning? Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, that actor, he had, uh, like, reflective plates. He had these plates of re reflective material covered over his eyes with a light shone onto it. So that's how they did that. That made it creepier. It made it look like it was in his soul and just coming out of his skull kind of thing. Yeah, it's not regular lightning, is it? This is, this is otherworldly. This is not natural lightning. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Now, the, uh, the specters, the angels, whatever you want to call them that come out of the Ark... Um, when they come out, they are puppets. They are rod puppets, um, 12 inches long. Okay? I can see that, yeah. Wearing I, these I, I, willow... like yeah, and they were wearing these willowy robes, okay. 
and um, to make the, the the robes look in move in these this strange unearthly way, they were actually filmed in a tank of water. Okay, they got a water tank which was eight foot square, five foot deep. So you get this these puppet ghosts, plop them in the water, and then operate them from above by rods which were attached to their heads. It looks good. I mean. I can see what you... I never knew they was underwater, kind of, how it was filmed underwater. I could see it now, because it was moving so smoothly, like, you know, like, it was underwater, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's not a wind machine moving the robes, is it? Something else is moving yeah, the robes, yeah. Yeah, it makes it yeah. a little bit creepier. Yeah, yeah, and the, um, yeah, the robes were made from silk. It was just shredded silk, okay? Hmm. And uh, the, the one we were talking about, the one that you see the face of, uh, and then she turns horrible. It, um, that was a, a lady by the name of Greta Hicks. She was a model. And uh, they also filmed her underwater as well. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is this is this lady still alive? Because I would love to get her autograph. <laughs> oh, that's an idea. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even, even thought to see what she did afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got to get her to sign your post. i got to look now. Greta Hicks, where are you? Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, for the three heads, um, as I say, they uh, they took photos of the three actors in the the screaming pose that 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 they were going to be in just before you know the special effect that happens to their heads were done. So they got them to they took a photo of them in that pose, and then they took uh, a mould of each actor's face. Okay, and you've seen this before, where you have all the plaster poured over your face, right? And then you, know, and you can't and breathe around; it goes yeah. hard. You can't breathe. Yeah, you got two straws up your nose. Yeah, so, I always seen know. that done in movies, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. I, I don't know. And and it takes hours. You've got you've got to sit there for hours until the stuff sets, haven't you? I know. I could. I don't know. I have to. I don't have just just to like sleep. I guess while this is happening, you know. But I don't know if I could. You know. Yeah. I have seen actors who have, you know, freaked out. They have have had panic attacks. You know, halfway through, they get claustrophobic, and they have to have it. You know, uh, all pulled yeah. back off. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you do a a, a mold of some a life cast of somebody's uh, face, of course, while this is happening, you've got your eyes shut and you've got your yeah, mouth shut, yeah. haven't you? So what they did is once they uh, once they had the mold of each uh, of the three actors, they did a cast of that head. So you basically had a, a dummy head of that person, and that's and this is what I love about you know this process is they then would cut open the mouth, remove the mouth, and re-sculpt it using that photo that they had taken and re-sculpt the mouth into that uh, position to match it. The same with the eyes. They would open up the eyes, cut the eyes out, you know, uh, put dummy eyes in and re-sculpt over the that, top. That's, I mean, that's very talented. That's really, they got to look at the, the picture non-stop back and forth and make it look just like it. That's, that's, that takes talent. It it certainly does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so they do that. Now, for these three heads, Deatrix's was the most simple, okay? The dummy head of Deatrix, that is hollow, and it is incredibly thin. And all they did to achieve that effect was they, they sucked the air out of it, so it shrunk in on itself, like a air going out of a balloon. That's all that was. Uh, yeah, I can see that, and it, it works. It, it really does work. Mm-hmm. Now, Tot, you know, the, the main one, the one that everybody remembers, uh, that uh, fell to a guy by the name of Chris Wallace. And, you know, you know him. He, he, he's, he's got a huge, huge body of work that uh, he's done in special effects for films. You know, he's the guy that sculpted the Gremlins in Gremlins and things like that. He, he worked on Ghostbusters oh, okay. and all sorts of stuff. Um, 
Yeah, he yeah, was he given is, the job is, of um, this melting head. Yeah, he's brilliant. But he was given the job of doing Tot, okay? Right, we need Tot's face to melt, okay? And he he didn't have a clue how to start it off, how, what, what, what to do about it, okay? So what he did, he, he had the mould, once they had actually re-sculpted Ronald Lacey's face, you know, in the screaming pose, um, they uh, they took a cast of that, so they had a mould of this, you know, screaming tot. And the first layer they put into the mould was the outer skin, all right? So there you go, okay. you've got your skin at the front, okay? Um, and then he came up uh, with this mixture of gelatin, okay, it, it worked out uh, a way of mixing up gelatin, which would melt at quite low temperatures, okay? And he mixed up uh, um, uh, pots of this stuff in various colours uh, of red. There were some whites in there as well. And he just built up the inside of the head with these layers of uh, red or, or, you know, fleshy coloured gelatin built it up built it up built it up some layers he actually put veins in as well and that was just blue cotton um as he put that in he would put in blue cotton and then put another layer of this red gelatin on top of that so it's almost like when you're making a sponge cake or a layer cake you're building up layers and layers <laughs> of this gelatin okay yeah, and once okay, they had okay. a, a good enough thick yeah once they had a good enough thickness the last thing to go in was the skull the skull and the eyeballs were then pushed into it as well and that was actually made out of stone the skull was made out of stone because it had to withstand the high temperature of what was just about to happen to it wow it's, who thinks of how to make this you know i'm always this is why I'm i love surprise of oh I mean, this is why I love Chris Wallace. You know, he, he had he had a job to do. Yeah. It's like, how the heck am I going to do this? And but yeah, they did it. They created it. They waited for the gelatin to set, and so they've uh, they, they, they've got a tot screaming head. They dressed it. They actually put clothes on it. It was only a head and shoulders thing, but uh, as you say, they put the hat on him. They put the glasses on him. Okay. Now to melt his uh, yeah, works, to melt his face, when... they used two. It works because because when it melts and all, it's like it, it's going back. It's going back. Like yeah, it's like he's just like oh, it's being I'm blasted, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and to yes. melt it, they use two two um, large propane heaters. I mean, when you see photos, they almost look like jet engines that they've got either side of this dummy to blast heat at it. Okay, yeah. And then when they switched them on to melt the head, you also had Chris Wallace. He he was crouched down out of shot underneath the top dummy with like a heat gun. So as their face started to melt, if if one part wasn't melting quite quick enough, Chris Wallace would squirt a bit of you know hot air on that. You see, so but he had to keep dodging because bits of it was dripping down on him. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, and it went very well. You know, I mean they they had invested a lot of time making this head. They didn't know how it was going to go, what it was going to look like, but they were very happy with it. It went very well, but it took too long. It took far too long. It took something like eight minutes to actually melt the head to get it down to the bone, okay? I was just and, wondering, like, all the work put so into they, this and the work that they had to do for, what, an, an, an eight, ten-second scene of him melting, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the actual footage was more like eight minutes, so, so they had to speed it up, okay? Wow. And that's why, when you look at it, that's why Tot's glasses, they fall down very quickly, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, that's because that's speeded up film. But it's brilliant. I mean, you know... They they didn't do a test beforehand. This was it. They they, they went ahead and did it, and uh, it, it it's bloody brilliant. Yeah, it works. 
it, it's one of the best scenes ever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's Tot. Belloc now, Belloc's head. Okay. Um, uh, now, that okay, that's a dummy head with bits inside it, you know, for when they blow it up so you get chunks fly off. Quite, quite an easy thing to do. <coughs> but they had a problem in that they filmed it um, and uh, they, they, they sent it off to the censors and the censors had a real problem with Tot's uh, head and um, they were going to give it a higher rating and as a compromise because they said that this is just too much you know this guy's head's just shrunk this guy's head's blown up uh, sorry melted and now this guy's head's blown up so as a compromise to keep the rating quite low they that's when they decided to put the flame effect over the top of Belloc's head blowing up so you, so you really couldn't see, get a good view of what's happening, I guess. Yeah, it was to try and disguise it and, you know, just tone it down a bit, okay? Okay. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, it does disguise it a bit, but it, it doesn't disguise those rubber fingers, Those rubber hands is one of the funniest things that, you know, that when you see it, when you're however old, you know, we were when we saw it, you don't even catch it. But, the, you know, the more view, views you're watching it and over the years have passed, yeah, you can see those... Long, bendable sausage fingers. Bendy fingers, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I don't like about Belloc, it's the same thing uh, when I was talking to Jeff McGee when we last talk, did Raiders Lost Ark. When you see uh, Sapito dead at the beginning of Raiders Lost Ark on the, um, on the rack there, you know, uh, where Forrestal was yeah. as well, you know. Um, there's something about the eyes. The eyes don't look right. The eyes look sculpted rather than um, than using, you know, like uh, prosthetic glass eyes. And there's something about the teeth as well. The teeth don't look quite right. I mean, that's the thing with Sapito, Alfred Molina at that time, you know, he didn't have very good teeth. But when you see him in that screaming position where he's got the spike through his forehead and that, yeah. he's got perfect teeth. And I think it's the same thing here. That... That's not Paul Freeman's teeth, and that's not Paul Freeman's uh, um, eyeballs. But it's a small niggle. It's a small niggle. Yeah, it's 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 really tiny. But yeah, you see where they could have maybe made it look better here and there. Okay, right. So that's behind the scenes. I've got two more things okay. to ask you, Chris. Today, first of all, uh, your rating out of ten for it. Yes. Now, you know, I always have a hard time rating stuff. Now, this is, this for me, this movie, you know, I know we're rating the uh, the effects. That's what this whole show is about. And what's, you know, it's a, it's Razor Love Star. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. And everything, I think that, like you said, the, the rubber fingers, some of the, of the ghosts flying by, yeah, you can see it doesn't, you know, it's not one of the best effects. But I'm putting it up there. I'm, I'm giving this a really, really high nine. Because it still, Nine. it still holds up. Like those mountain faces, and that guy's head going down, and it's and 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 the and the light bulbs. It's really a, a nine for me. I I can give anything less. Okay. And if you do, I'll be hurt. No. <laughs> I am giving it less, but only half a point less. I've got written down here eight and a half. I agree with everything you say, but I'm half a point less, so it's uh, eight point seven five. Okay. <laughs> There you go. All right. Now, before yes. I let you go today, Chris, something I was thinking about as we were doing this, I, I didn't think about this beforehand because I would have prepped you before. I know it's putting you on the spot and everything. Steven Spielberg films. Can you name off the top of your head your top three? And what rating? And in what order do they go? Shit. Now, can I... <laughs> um, I'm including all the Indiana Joneses as like one. Is that allowed or no? 
<laughs> All right. This 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 that's is your cheating. your show. I I'll, I will I'll accept that. <laughs> um. Well, the first two that pops in mind immediately is Raiders and Jaws. All right. He's made he's made so many. Oh. All right. Here here I go. I think this is my my youth, my childhood, and me is is given this rating. <laughs> and that's the forty-five-year-old man, Chris. Just go with your yeah, Chris. Go with your gut instinct. Don't overthink it. If I say top three Spielberg films, just right. go, go. Raiders, Jaws, E.T. for me. Right, Ra- Raiders, mm-hmm. Jaws, E.T. Yeah. So that's one, two, three. I go Jaws, Raiders, Close Encounters. Close Encounters for me is sometimes like I know it's his movie, and I know people love it, but for me, I think it drags. <laughs> no, no. I think I, I, there was just something about it. I responded to it, you know, right. when I first saw it, and there was just something about it, you know, that clicked inside me, and you know, and it's always stayed with me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, Close Encounters is my three, but yeah, that's a that, that's a great three. Yeah, well, and you. I think if you ask me tomorrow, I might have Joel's Raiders ET because <laughs> because those two go back and forth. Right. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, thank you for your time thank today, you, Chris. Thanks for having me on. You know, this movie. It's, as soon as you said what my movie was, I was, I was thrilled. I'm like, yes, I, yes. I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd like it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you yes, next year. Um, then, happy I guess. New Year to you and your family. Yes, yes. Thank you very much, and to yours and everybody else listening out there. Um, when is this going out? I think this is going out round about Christmas time. So yes, yeah. Happy Christmas, everyone, and uh, happy New Year as well. All right. Cheers then, Chris. See you then. Right. Bye-bye.